0: You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, the new week is here, and I'm grateful for the privilege to begin at Pursuing God together with you. We had a great launch to the Upstream series this weekend at Eastside, taking a fresh look at the countercultural teaching of Jesus in the Beatitudes. And if you missed it, I hope you'll go back and take a moment and watch online or listen to the podcast of my message, Blessed Are the Broken. Now last week, we spent some time in James chapter 1, and I enjoyed it so much, I thought we would just continue in the next section of verses in James 1, because it continues talking about something we all struggle with, temptation. Temptation to sin. Something I wish you could experience at least Once in your life is the joy of standing about 20 inches from another person's face whose knees are knocking, whose hands are shaking, whose eyes are watering, whose lips are quivering. It's the moment they're about to be baptized. There is something exhilarating about looking into the eyes of people who are freshly overwhelmed by amazing grace. And they stand before their family, friends, and colleagues with passion and zeal and sincerity and commitment. They, they publicly state the fact that Jesus Christ is totally transforming their life. And they make a public declaration about their intention to follow Jesus and live for him for the rest of their lives. And when you're that close to their face at their baptism, you can tell they mean it. I mean, often they feel closer to God, more dedicated at that moment than any other time in their life. Like the last thing they would ever imagine is that some fatal attraction would have enough power to, to disrupt their spiritual progress or destroy their integrity. I mean, they can't imagine that their heart would ever grow cold toward prayer, toward God, toward the Bible or worship or toward the communion table. But roll that DVR ahead six months, two years, five years, 10 years, and you'll see some very sobering footage of once passionate followers who are just now lukewarm re- going through lukewarm religious motions. Some of these earnest followers of Jesus won't be following him so closely anymore. Some of these bold proclaimers of faith will be living lives that dishonor God and destroy the example of Christianity to their family and friends. And they will feel powerless and trapped in a web of self-destruction. I don't think it's any news to any of you here that Christianity has hit an integrity crisis in recent years. I mean, record numbers of followers of Jesus and Christian leaders have wound up in the ditch. We've read it on social media. We've watched it on TV. We've experienced it from time to time among people we know and love. And our hearts just break when we see another good person in the ditch, another good family wiped out, another good church in deep disillusionment. How does that happen? What is the self-destructive path that all of us are susceptible to. Well, James defines that for all of us in James 1. Every day, every single human being faces what we might just call routine attractions. That's where it starts. James begins verse 13 with the words, when tempted. In other words, you will be tempted routinely in life, daily in life. He doesn't say if you're tempted. He says when you're tempted because temptations are inevitable for all of us. In fact, if you ever meet someone who says, I thank God, I haven't been tempted in 35 years. Just remember, that's what you get when you cross a crocodile and an abalone, a crocabalone. Everybody's tempted. And so James says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone James says, get this straight. Whenever an attraction starts to gain steam inside of you, whether it's to lie or cheat or steal or exploit or abuse or sexually sin or hate, whenever it arises, knows this, it didn't come from God. Whenever you're tempted to sin, don't assume, well, maybe this is from God and he's trying to teach me something. Don't blame God for any of your own dark desires. God will allow us to go through trials to, to test or prove our faith, but he never seeks to induce to destroy our faith. I like how the Message Version paraphrases Proverbs 19.3, people ruin their lives by their own stupidity, so why does God always get blamed? I read about a woman who walked up to a little old man rocking in a chair on his porch, and she said to him, I couldn't help notice how happy you are. What's your secret for a long, happy life? And he answered by saying, well, I smoke three packs a day, Uh, I drink a case of whiskey a week, eat lots of fatty foods, and never exercise. Wow, that's amazing, the woman said. How old are you? He said, 26. Friends, you reap what you sow, and we ruin our lives by our own stupidity. I love to blame others, be the victim. I love to say, the devil made me do it. But looking back on my life, the source of a large part of my heartbreak and adversity is me. Not my brother. Not my sister. But it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. God, we acknowledge to you today that sometimes we're tempted just by our own desires, that sinful nature inside of us. And we thank you that there's another nature that beats inside of us, that your spirit is present to guide, to convict, to warn Thank you that your grace is available to us. And God, I I pray that you'll use this week to help us understand how temptation works and that it won't have the power in our lives that we often give it. And I ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Hey, we we really need this week. I'll see you back here tomorrow.